0: This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week we'll be joined by doctors as well as the occasional guest to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. But today we're gonna to get to back to we're gonna to get to oxygen. Okay. We're gonna talk about following the fuel. So the first thing of the basics of getting better is to follow the fuel now what is the fuel that makes our physiology work the two main fuels that make our physiology work are oxygen and and glucose okay and don't again don't underestimate the supposed simplicity of where i'm going with this because we're going to talk about glucose in our next presentation okay today is going to be strictly about oxygen and, you know, people say, well, you know, I get oxygen. If the person's like, can't breathe and, and they've had a stroke or they've had COPD or they something like that, they, they need oxygen. But the reality is, is most of the people running around on planet earth, or at least in this country. And well, and we're finding out several other countries from people who come here, they don't have enough oxygen going to their extremities. They don't have enough oxygen going to their brain. And a lot of us would argue that means they don't have a lot of oxygen or enough oxygen going to their enteric nervous system, meaning the nervous system that controls your intestines. So oxygen is, is kind of vital. I think most of you realize that if you stop breathing for a short period of time, that probably would be a good representation of how important oxygen is. Okay. But on a subtle level, we need oxygen to make energy. Okay. If functional medicine is about anything, it's probably about, looking at all of the organ systems in the body, all of the feedback mechanisms in the body, all the biochemical systems in the body that contribute to chronic conditions that are not working and balancing them. I had a person who came in yesterday uh, yesterday and day before, and she said, and I'm taking all of these things to boost my immune system. Frankly, most people come in here don't need to boost their immune system. They need to balance their immune system. In fact, we need to balance everything. It's really about homeostasis. It's about getting your body back in balance to the degree that is possible based on your present condition and, and the amount of, of tissue damage that you might have incurred or not incurred. And oxygen is, is kind of, oxygen and glucose are kind of the beginning uh, 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 where you begin with getting your physiology better. So, so, so what about oxygen? You need oxygen to create something, to create um, uh, ATP. ATP, you might uh, know better in the term, uh, as a term of energy, Okay. Energy is made in your mitochondria and I'm not going to get into the whole Krebs acid cycle But there are these little things these little organelles in your cells are called mitochondria most of you probably heard of them and Mitochondria when they're not working not only create fatigue, but they create an imbalance in your system You cannot create homeostasis to the degree that you can or cannot create homeostasis you can or cannot help that patient's physiology to help them to overcome many of the symptoms and many of the conditions that they have. So it all starts with oxygen. Uh, sleep apnea is something that is on the top of our list of evaluating when patients come into our office with chronic problems. I don't care if you're coming in with dizziness, vertigo, balanced migraines, irritable bowel syndrome, I don't care if you're coming in here with fibromyalgia, peripheral chronic fatigue. You don't have enough oxygen going to those extremities. You don't have enough oxygen going to the brain. You don't have enough oxygen in the cells. It's not happening. One of the biggest, biggest violators of oxygen is sleep apnea. And I, I, I was actually turned on to this by one of my mentors. And I remember sitting in the class and I was kind of like taken back by it. I was like, sleep apnea. Like, wow. And he went on to say, well, uh, sleep apnea causes diabetes, it causes heart disease, it causes uh, liver problems, sleep apnea causes weight gain, it causes heart disease, it causes stroke, it causes neurological diseases, it even causes uh, spinal or brain stem problems. And it's listed as one of the the top two causes of uh, erectile dysfunction. All of these conditions are conditions that walk in here. So he kind of got my attention on that. And as I delved more and more into sleep apnea, I started to realize that it creates a massive oxygen deficit. I I came back to the office after that presentation, and I started asking a lot of my patients, have you been diagnosed with sleep apnea? Here's what I've got, (laughs) here's what I got. Well yeah somebody told me that I had sleep apnea a while ago. My husband says I snore all the time. My wife says I snore all the time. My, my 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 husband says I I I have to like he has to wake me up because he you know he doesn't know if I'm like breathing or not. But but you know I I don't I don't know. I didn't really go get checked for. I went or I went and got checked. And they told me I had sleep apnea but I didn't really I didn't really, you know, follow through on it. it you know, I, I didn't. They didn't tell me like whether it was that important or not. Or, yeah, I got diagnosed with sleep apnea. So my next question for that person would be, are you using your CPAP? Man, I hate that thing. It's on my face. It doesn't work right. It's uh, it, it bothers my sleep. And and the statistics that that were presented in the class were that only 30 percent of the people who di- are diagnosed with sleep apnea use their CPAPs. That was about the statistics I saw in answering my, in, 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 in questioning my patient population. But what was more stunning was, <laughs> almost 80% or 70 to 80% of the people I asked said, yeah, I've either been diagnosed with sleep apnea, uh, I've been checked for it, I've been told I have it, or I, I have it for sure and I'm, and, and I'm using my CPAP or I'm not. That was pretty stunning. The next thing that I did was tell people, okay, if you don't start using your CPAP, we're probably not going to get as good a, um, a result as we get. The results varied from mild to moderate to doc. I don't know if I need to do your program anymore because my peripheral neuropathy is better. My dizziness is better. My vertigo has gotten better. I am sleeping for the first time in 20 years. So yeah, it helps. It helps. Getting the energy in there has helped. My hands have gotten warmer. Um, it seems like I'm responding better to the program. But following the fuel, getting the proper fuels into your system is 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 critical to being able to have your supplements work better. Your supplements will part of them will work by breaking down and and, and then becoming part of this. Krebs acid cycle, citric acid cycle, that causes, that creates energy. You need energy to get better. So sleep apnea is like, it's like on top, on top of the list. If if you're not making oxygen and sleep apnea, I now think is one of the top causes that I see here in my office. You're just sitting around making lactic, lactic acid. Lactic acid is that stuff that burns when you're doing exercises or you're lifting something and your muscles start to burn and there's a whole chemistry behind why that burn is there. And it's there to help you to get more glucose into your, into your muscles. But you shouldn't be sitting around burning. <laughs> you shouldn't be sitting around creating lactic acid because you don't have enough oxygen in you and you're making a lactic o- acid because you don't have enough oxygen to lift the heavy weights or, and those types of things. And it, it's highly, that's highly inflammatory. So, So not having oxygen in your body, what is one of the keys that we will talk about eventually, one of the keys to overall chronic pain? Well, one of the keys in most cases is chronic inflammation. Okay. And and you become, as a functional medicine practitioner, an inflammation hunter. And one of the things that causes inflammation significantly is lack of oxygen. So sleep apnea is, uh, is a topic that is on the top of my list when I'm talking to my patients. Every patient that walks in here gets their blood pressure taken. And, and all of you get your blood pressure taken. And you go to the doctor and the doctor says, wow, you have low blood pressure. That's really great. You know, you're never gonna die of a heart attack and you're never gonna die of a stroke. Well, you may not die of a heart attack. And you may not die of a stroke, but you're probably not gonna get better either and you're probably gonna have chronic problems because low blood pressure creates a, a situation in which you, you don't get enough oxygen going to your system. When you have low blood pressure, you're not getting enough oxygen going to your head. You don't have enough oxygen going to your extremities. You don't have enough oxygen going to your feet. So this is, if you have cold hands and feet, and, uh, and, 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 and you've tried to get your cold hands and feet better by doing a number of things, one of the things that will cause you to not have enough oxygen going there is low blood pressure. You need enough blood pressure. You need a high enough blood pressure, preferably high enough meaning normal blood pressure for you to be able to create enough of a pressure so that, so that your heart here in the living room okay needs to be able to get the blood up into the attic to your brain you need it for that you actually need uh, bl- blood pressure higher blood pressure n- more normal blood pressure so that you can literally without getting too scientific <laughs> push the nutrients in through the cell walls uh, or through the arterial walls into your cells if you don't have enough pressure there you're not going to be able to get the nutrients into your into your uh into your cells and so all those supplements you're taking you've heard the oh i'm taking supplements maybe i'm not breaking them down maybe i'm peeing them into the toilet maybe i'm all of that's true and we'll talk about that when we talk about supplements um and, and 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 the nuances of that but low blood pressure is something that needs to be corrected because low blood pressure will not get things where they need to be if you come in here and you have dizziness, vertigo, balance, headaches, you have anxiety, you have depression, you have panic attacks, you have fatigue. These are all, the brain is a big part of all of those. Okay, we, m- many of you watch know that we practice functional medicine. We also practice functional neurology. This series is not about functional neurology, it's about functional medicine. But you also know that we practice them both because everything that affects the brain, everything that affects, uh, uh, that it's affecting you affects the brain. Uh, chemically, and the brain pretty much controls everything else and affects the rest of your system. So we put the two together for, and it seems to work pretty well. So the brain needs proper blood sugar, which we're talking about next week, right? Proper fuel. It needs absence of inflammation, which we'll be talking about in a segment in the future. It needs proper essential fatty acids, which we'll be talking about in a, se- in a segment in the future. And it needs proper oxygen. Your cerebellum, the, the part of your brain that's down here and it has a lot to do with dizziness and vertigo and balance and postural muscles and blurred vision, and it synchronizes your whole brain, uses something like 40 or 50% of the oxygen that comes into your body, okay? So we need the oxygen to to, uh, to be able to get brain function feel normal you it, 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 it's hard to get a brain to work if the chemistry is not right and oxygen is probably uh, the biggest player it's it's it, I, I almost have to say oxygen and and and, and blood sugar and, and and inflammation are close but oxygen is definitely the number one player if you have low blood sugar that's 80 under 60 um, for uh, for a young person uh, if you have you um, blood pressure for an older person that's 90 over 65, maybe, maybe even, maybe even a hundred under, under a hundred over 70, you know, you're just, you're not getting blood to your brain. You're not getting blood to your brain. You're not getting blood to your extremities. And, um, and, and so it's, it may, and you're not getting blood into the cells. And, and if you have high blood pressure, most people know, we, we, we have a big thing in this country about high, we, like high blood sugar. We're gonna talk briefly about that in the future, but we're gonna talk a lot about low blood sugar. Okay, well, hypertension, most of you are familiar with high blood pressure. High blood pressure does a lot of bad things. One of the things it does is, is constricts your arteries. I mean, if it constricts your arteries, same thing. It constricts your arteries, you can't get, you get vasoconstriction you can't get the blood where you need to get it. And so blood pressure is vital for us. Um, Normally blood pressure is a part of what we need to address anyway, to help that person to normalize. And, 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 and this is considered, again, this is considered foundational to us. Getting the blood pressure under control is considered foundational to us. You come in here with three blood pressure medications, that's kind of a red flag. That means like, wow, we have three blood pressure medications. We got an issue here. We got to get under control because that's doing a lot of bad things, including not allowing us to get, let's say the nutrients that we're using with people to get where they need to go. So again, oxygen, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, low oxygen, sleep apnea. They're kind of foundational things, okay? What else would cause lack of oxygen? Okay. Going through, I heard three of you out there say anemias. <laughs> okay. Anemia has caused lack of oxygen. I, uh, that's a kind of like a duh. If I have anemia, I don't have oxygen. Okay. For those of you who don't know the chemistry of anemia, basically, uh, if you, it, your, your oxygen is carried around your system and delivered to all the different places by your red blood cells. If your red blood cells are low, you have low red blood cells. Then, uh, then you have an anemia, hard to get oxygen to different places. The anemias we see the most are are uh, are, are iron deficiency anemias. We see um, we see B twelve anemias, and they they need to be corrected, and they're fairly easy to correct. You give the person iron, you give the person B twelve, but we get the one we see most commonly is the anemia of what we call the anemia of chronic disease. Now that's not the anemia that you've ever heard about, most likely. If you have it, it's you, you've heard at, uh, about it like this. Uh, you have chronic anemia and we've checked everything. There's no bleeds, you don't have fibroids, you don't have any of the reasons. You don't have ulcers, you don't have any of the stuff that would cause the chronic anemia. So we don't, it we don't know what it is. It's probably normal for you, so just live with it. Well, it's not normal. <laughs> anemia is anemia if you have low blood cells, you're not carrying, you're not carrying oxygen to your brain, to your extremities, to your intestines, to your feet. It's just not getting there. It's, it's, so what we have come to understand is that chronic anemia is usually an anemia of, um, of chronic disease. Now it can be an iron, when there's inflammation, iron will not break down properly and get into your bloodstream. And thus you'll have low iron in your bloodstream and you'll have an anemia. What causes that? Anything that causes inflammation can cause that anemia. So I mean, to to just hit a few, you can have, you can have high blood sugar, that causes inflammation. You can have low blood sugar, that causes inflammation. You have gut infections, that causes inflammation. You can be stressed, that causes inflammation. You can have an emotional trauma stress, which you've had your whole life, that causes inflammation. And on and on and on, and we're probably gonna do a segment on inflammation. So, uh, so, so these chronic anemias that people have, these are significant. They're not, when you're told, oh, that's, that's normal, it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. It's uh, it's uh, it's it, it it's just it could be it could be a gluten sensitivity, you know. It could be so many things. It could be a mycotoxin. There's so many things that cause it, but those things that are causing it are known. And the point here is, is not only do you have the anemia of chronic disease, where you low blood where 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 you um, where you have chronically. Uh, low uh, red blood cells, okay, chronic anemia. But many of the things that are causing those chronic anemia are also the things that are causing inflammation that's contributing to your chronic disease. So anemia, oxygen, basic. You're gonna hear me say, we're gonna be on basics for a while. And you're gonna hear me say, the basics not being attended to are for sure part of what's causing your foray onto the internet to not work. Okay, whether it's a diet, whether it's supplements, whether it's breathing exercises or whatever. Um, so, 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 so these basics are are are, are their treatment, but they're treatment that people don't pay attention to. They're presented to you in a fragmented uh, uh, manner. They're not really connected to anything. You have fibromyalgia and somebody's telling you that you need to breathe better. And you're like, yeah, I need to breathe better because I need to like live or sleep, or I, 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 need, I, I need oxygen so I can feel better. But, but nobody's really connecting it to the chronic conditions that are coming in and, and treating it as you would treat a medication or as you would treat a pill or as you would treat a diet or as you would treat, in our case, like brain rehab exercises. It, it, it is that important. And, and so um, other things that will cause a decrease in oxygen, okay? Low T3, what is T3? For those of you who know it, that is, it's, it's a thyroid hormone. So, so hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's thyroiditis will cause low T3. T3 is the thyroid hormone that gets into your cells and it actually contributes to this, this mechanism that we talked about earlier in the mitochondria that will also cause, not, cause you to not have enough energy. Okay, and if you don't have enough energy, then there's gonna be a cascade of things that are going on. You're gonna get low blood pressure. Um, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna have your physiology just as not, everything is gonna slow down. Your gut's gonna slow down. Your your, your, your your stomach's gonna slow down. All of these things are gonna slow down because you're not making enough energy and you're gonna be looking at it and going, well, okay, I got low oxygen and now I'm doing what you told me to do but it's not coming up and then you find out you have a thyroid problem and now you treat that person's thyroid problem. Now their T3 comes up to normal and all of a sudden the oxygen that they're taking starts working. Now I went through that because I've been, again, this goes back to those of you who wanna know why we weren't able to tell you <laughs> how to get better, those are vicious cycles. Those are vicious cycles. Do you, do you take care of the oxygen? Do you take care of the T3? Do you take care of the chronic anemia? Because low thyroid is another one of those causes that'll cause the chronic anemia. It'll slow everything down, so you just can't make enough red blood cells. This all goes under the heading of follow the oxygen. This is the first step that we take when people come in is, is following, is doing, after we do the history and so on and so forth and we gather all the data. If the oxygen is low, we have one doctor that just specifically works with those patients on getting their oxygen. We use oxygen here in our treatment. We actually take people in the back, we do brain rehab exercises and we use oxygen. Part of the reason is we're in Reno, Nevada. We are at 4,000 feet, I think, 4,200 feet right here. Um, at the base of, of the city. And so we have less oxygen here than they have in say San Francisco, which is a couple of hours from here. And we noticed that all of our patients' red blood cell um, counts were high. That's called polycythemia. If you hear, look up polycythemia, you can kind of freak out about it a little bit, except everybody here has polycythemia because we're at a higher altitude. You have to make more red blood cells for the oxygen. and and so we started to understand and reason that a lot of our patients needed oxygen um, simply because they weren't getting it because for some reason their bodies weren't adapting. And we started using oxygen concentrators. And we put an oxygen concentrator on people while we have them doing their brain re- rehab exercises. And just, with, just from that, um, we see noticeable differences. We recommend exercise with oxygen therapy to patients now. And that could mean having, buying a used oxygen concentrator at home and, and using it on your treadmill or using it on your bike and you stick it on and I can't prescribe and I can't tell you how much to do it because I can't do that. Okay, I'm just, it's a, it's a kind of like a, a malpractice type of thing. So, but I can tell you that uh, it helps, that it helps our patients. It's, it's a very low grade way of, of, of increasing your oxygen. So, so thyroid, anemias of chronic disease, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, sleep apnea. these are the ones that we see that are that are controllable or that we can address within the framework of our functional medicine model. There are things you can do for low blood pressure and, and you want to talk to your doctor about it. you know there there are herbs that you can use to bring up your blood pressure. It's all over the internet. you can use licorice, you can use things of that nature. you can. Uh, you can uh, use salt, Most, you know, if you look online, everybody's gonna tell you to take teaspoonfuls of salt. Do it with your doctor's recommendations. Talk to your doctor. Um, your doctor might tell you not to, not to bother. Having low blood pressure is really good. You're not gonna die from a heart attack or a stroke. But believe me, you, having enough, uh, having enough uh, uh, oxygen in there um, is a big deal. Now those are kind of things we can control. Um, things we can't control, and I and and I and, and I list these also among obstacles to cure. If the person can't do this, it can't can't change, or or if or if they have an irreparable problem, uh, an irreversible problem like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, we treat people with that. But I warn them ahead of time: we're going to get a limited response because you're not breathing well. Your Part of your lung is da, is damaged and we're not gonna be able to get enough oxygen into places where we want to. But I don't have like this crystal ball to tell you how well you're gonna get. So we've had varying degrees of response. But surely we never get responses uh, as well as we do with people who don't have COPD. Asthma, asthma's kind of an interesting one. Asthma, can, you know, severe asthma is, can be a problem. We see it a lot in kids. But on the other hand, asthma, seems to be more of an an immune inflammation type of a situation uh, that's really exacerbated by stress and allergies and and the vast majority of time, we actually treat asthma, the vast majority of time, the asthma will ultimately uh, get under control. So we'll actually use supplements that will increase oxygen to the person in a case like that because they don't have enough oxygen going on. Smoking cigarettes, I used to not take people if they were smoking cigarettes. And then I thought, well, it's not fair. I just need to let them know they may need to like, know that we, are, we may not get as good a result. And then we didn't get as good a results. Um, we talked to people about it. I let them know that they, they, they would be better off smoking cigarettes. I have people who just stop smoking immediately. When you stop smoking immediately, um, when you stop smoking, it, your blood pressure will reduce usually within about 72 hours, by the way. And, and so, so not only does it, not, not only does smoking decrease oxygen to your brain by like about 40%, but it causes, it contributes to high blood pressure, which constricts your arteries, which causes less oxygen. Okay. Uh, we've used uh, a clinical hypnotherapist to help people stop smoking. It's, it's not something that's gonna stop me from taking people on, but it's something that's gonna cause me to have to sit down and kind of reassess the prognosis and, and set some realistic expectations because those people aren't gonna do as well. That's aside from the chemicals that, uh, that the cigarettes cause. Um, lack of exercise. You know, you need to get up and walk around. We're gonna talk about that uh, in, one of the, in one of the presentations that we're gonna do. But you know, right now I just have, I'm at a point in my life where I'm working a lot and, uh, and I just don't have the time to do exercise the way I'd like to do it. Uh, I have a little black dog that runs around here. <laughs> and uh, I take that dog for a walk every night. And I've, and I've got it, unfortunately, I got a neighborhood that's kind of hilly. <laughs> and I walk up and down those hills. Sometimes I walk 20 minutes, sometimes I walk 40, 45 minutes. I do a little stretching. I, I, you know, I, I, But I get exercise and I do a couple of just very simple yoga exercises totally to keep everything flowing to get oxygen to my brain, to get oxygen to my hands, to get oxygen in throughout my system. So, and then, and then the biggest thing that causes oxygen deficits, people come in here, is stress. And I, I don't know if you, you've ever paid attention to how you breathe. Most people don't breathe from their abdomen anyway, which is, I wrote a book called Back to Basics, Power Health, Back to Basics, and I have a whole chapter in there on breathing. And it whole chapter is just on one simple breathing technique that shows you how to breathe with your diaphragm. It talks about, uh, it opens with a story about how um, the first Americans, the first white people <laughs> that, that came upon the islands of Hawaii um, were, uh, were, were laughed at by the Hawaiians and they called them Haoles. And I think a lot of you in Hawaii know that you call white, white, white Caucasian people Haoles. And Halley's means Men without breath, that's what it means. And they were laughing because everybody was breathing, like here, nobody was breathing from their abdomen. Okay, nobody was breathing with their diaphragm. The number one reason people don't breathe from their diaphragm is stress. Because when you are stressed, there's something called your sympathetic nervous system and and it takes over and it kind of paralyzes your, your diaphragm to a certain degree during the period of time that you're stressed. Well, I'd say at least half of this country is stressed all the time. At least right now, at least based on, 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 on my observations. Certainly, there is, there is a, it's a rare patient who comes into this office with some sort of a chronic condition who isn't in a chronic fight-flight response. But if you become aware of that, you can learn to do some abdominal breathing. We teach almost virtually all of our patients to do this on the first visit or two you can do you can learn simple abdominal breathing techniques and you can actually use those techniques not just to oxygenate your body and your brain and, and but you can use those techniques to calm down that stress response because when you do that it'll calm down that fight flight response and it'll allow the relaxation response to come back in and if you ever happen to be relaxed <laughs> notice you'll probably notice you're breathing from your abdomen so uh, so but this is an important part of oxygen. If it sounds silly to you, then I I'm I feel bad for you because you know we're we're really one of the things that I've noticed over the years of doing this, and, and this is my 40th year. This is my I'm I'm just about to enter my 40th year in practice. Is we really we really and are enamored with all the new things that come out, and and there's value to many of them, if not all of them. But 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 it's not about the new things. Getting well is not about the new things. Getting well is about breaking, the, is, is fixing the things that are broke first. It's, 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 it's bowing to nature. And nature says you need oxygen in every cell of your system. You need proper blood sugar. You need proper essential fatty acids. You need a lack of information. Nature says you should only be stressed for very, very short periods of time when you need the energy, and then you should be in a relaxation mode. This may sound silly, but these are the things that we drive home with patients. We give them techniques to do these types of things. And 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 you'll hear me say this a number of times. This is just the first of the basics that we're talking about. But when we fix the basics of oxygen, and when we fix the basics of of blood sugar, and when we fix the basics of essential fatty acids, and then fixing the basic of getting rid of uh, of inflammation becomes quite a bit more complex in, in a lot of different patients. But when you get those under control, a lot of times these mystery diseases that people have come in with start to not be a mystery anymore. A lot of times these patients get 50, 60, 70, 75% better just doing that and, and, and before you even get into the functional, the actual functional medicine part of things. So that's oxygen. You know the basics never go away. The basics will never go away. We are so that's oxygen. Uh, I mean I could talk on oxygen for a long, long time. If you're if you're enjoying this, then then you know please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big, big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again and uh, take care. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.